Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Matt and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Welcome back to Journey to Freedom podcast. I am very happy that you're joining me this week as we have an exciting topic to cover. Whether you've been listening to my podcast since the very beginning or you just discovered it, thanks a lot for tuning in. As you probably already know, I'm trying to spread awareness and knowledge about some of the best places to travel, how to travel on a budget, ways to save money, and also network with people from all around the world so that they can share their life stories with you. That's why today I'm joined by a friend of mine who is one of the most positive and inspiring people that I know. She always boosts with the energy, stays positive, and have a goal of inspiring 1 million people to reach their greatest potential. Athena Onesian. Athena and I met back at Cal Poly Pomona University where she studied hospitality management with a minor in event management. During her time at, at the university, she was a part of Club Managers Association of America, Collins College Industry Mentorship Program, and National Society of Leadership and Success. After graduating as magna cum laude, she decided to pursue her own passions and started a motivational goal planner company called U-Squared. Athena, quote, wanted a freedom to choose what she wanted to do, when she wanted to do it, and be her own boss. She spreads happiness, uplifts others, and motivates them on a grand scale, end of quote. With Athena, we decided to have two episodes. Today's one, where we'll be covering why Italy and Armenia should be on your bucket list, and another one, where Athena will be sharing her story of success on how she became a founder and CEO of U-Squared at the age of 24. So make sure you subscribe to Journey to Freedom podcast so that you don't miss next week's episode and some of the best advice and tips on how to start your business and be one step closer to your journey to freedom. Also, please consider supporting me on Patreon, where you can connect with me on a one-on-one basis and learn my personal advice about travel, finance, and ways to achieve success. Every single week, I share with you great links, files, and articles so you can learn more. But for now on, let's dive deep into this week's conversation with Athena and talk about Italy and Armenia. Athena, it's really great having you on the show. Thank you for joining in. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the amazing intro. I'm so happy to be here and talk with you and everybody else. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks a lot for, for being right here. Uh, we'll talk today about Italy and, and Armenia. Next week, we're going to be talking about your business in particular. But I want to talk about, uh, let's start with Italy, You know, a place that I know a lot of people obviously heard about, not necessarily maybe been to. And uh, let's start with the fact that you actually speak Italian. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do speak Italian. I speak multiple different languages. I speak English, Armenian, Italian, some French, very little Spanish. And I'm trying to learn some Persian and Russian. So oh. <laughs> I got a lot of different <laughs> languages. But, you know, it's actually a really interesting story. So 
in in my family uh we only speak italian at home and when i was little my my aunt and my mom they started speaking to me in italian my aunt used to own a couple businesses in italy she lived there for 25 years and they were thinking maybe when i grew up i would go to university in italy which definitely didn't happen <laughs> but they they just instilled this italian language in into me and we're the only people that speak italian um around us <laughs> we have no Italian roots, but it's such a beautiful language, and I, I love it. That's great. And you said, that before we press recording, you said that you've been to Italy 13 times. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I've been there 13 times. It's been incredible. I'm. It's, it's so wonderful traveling. I know you know you absolutely love traveling, but being there so many times, you get to see some new things, some some things you already love, and it's just, it's really incredible. I always grow when I travel. I'm sure. Okay, well, let's talk about Italy then. Um, let's get, um, let's talk about some of the basic information with places that people should go to. For those who, let's say, they've never been there before, um, they're visiting Italy for the first time. What would you say are the top places to visit? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much to discover in Italy and it's so easy to get around. But if someone's going for the first time, they have to really go to the Staples. And that would be Rome, for sure. Milan, Florence, Venice, and everywhere else could be visited as well if they have time. But those are the number one places to go if if it's your first time visiting. And even though they are tourist spots, it's still such an iconic place to visit where you can't really say, hey, I went to Italy, but I didn't go to Rome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, my personal favorite was Florence. I remember I went there a few years ago. I'm sure you've been there a few times, right? It's an amazing place. I have, I have. It's really incredible. What about um, Venice? Because I know it's another place that a lot of people want to plan on going. And when I went there a few years ago, it was super crowded. Obviously, right now with mm. the pandemic, things are a little bit different. Would you say sure. that it's a place that people should still visit or kind of skip it and go elsewhere? I think they, they should totally visit. Venice was such a different experience and you really can't get it anywhere else. Um, there was so much to see. It was so different and beautiful and peaceful. And then when you had to take the ferry to go to another part of Venice and we saw um, these people blowing glass and creating amazing works of glass. And there's so much to explore in Venice. It's so unique and it, it should be a visit on the bucket list and going on the gondola. That is fun. That is so fun. <laughs> All right. And what about those people that have been to Italy or they not necessarily want to go to, you know, like you said, your staples, your typical Rome or, or Florence or mm -hmm. Milan. What would you say that are some of the more um, quiet places, not as touristy? Sure. I think that there are a lot of places that are more quiet, like Capri and um, Positano. I, ha I personally haven't visited those places uh, yet, um, even though I've been to Italy so many times. But those are a couple really good choices. I think it's so nice to rent a car um, and then drive down the Amalfi Coast. That's one of my, my biggest goals, which I really want, hopefully next summer. Um, so those are a couple of quiet places. There's Sicily and Naples. Those don't get visited nearly as often, but Naples has the best pizza in the world. <laughs> so, so if you love pizza, <laughs> visit Naples. 
<laughs> Naples is the place. Naples, of course, in Italy, not in Florida, because we have Naples here. Yes, yes. <laughs> not fully. <laughs> okay, well, talking about all those places, you know, in the U.S., when you think about all those places, you think that you really have to rent a car and you have to drive really far. In Europe, things are a little bit different, of course. Yes. Um, how would you say would you get around in Italy? Yeah, absolutely. Italy and, and in Europe, like you were saying, it's so easy to get around, especially if you're in the city. You could easily take a bus everywhere. You could walk so many places here in the U.S. We really don't walk anywhere and things are generally far farther away from us. But in Italy, everything's really close by. So you could walk, you could take the bus, you could take a train. Uh, those are three really good options. And if you want to travel within Europe, you could just take take an, uh, a flight. Uh, and you could also travel by ship. So right. there are so many amazing options. And it's so cheap to travel within the country and also to the surrounding countries in Europe. I remember I took a train from, I think it was from Florence to Venice, um, I think that's the that's the way to travel as well. Absolutely, it's convenient, it's cheap, and uh, it's easy. It's it is it is okay. What about the safety and and language, uh, language specifically? Because one of the things I, I get from people that want to travel and um, never been outside of their country, they're really really scared of language. They are afraid that they speak only their their let's just say English, for example, and then you know they they go to Italy and all of a sudden everybody speaks Italian. How's the language there? Yeah, absolutely. So no one should be scared that they don't speak Italian. As for me, it was easier speaking Italian just because I could communicate with the locals in Italian. It was really nice. But you don't have to know Italian to visit Italy. Uh, English is a universal language, which is really convenient. And there are so many people in Italy who speak English. So it's really easy, nothing to worry about. And Italy is one of the most uh, one of the most populated countries um, to that are visited by tourists, and they 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 are ready. <laughs> they speak English. They will understand you, even if even if there is some sort of barrier, there will be someone around that can help. So it's really not supposed to stop you from visiting the country. And are we talk are we talking about? major cities or would you say in smaller cities people would be able to communicate with you too uh that's a really good question so in major cities you're for sure not going to have a problem in the smaller cities you may run into a little bit of issues but typically the younger uh the younger crowd they have no problem they can speak english even if it's a little bit broken english it's you'll still get your point across gotcha Okay, well, last thing I want to talk about Italy, um, it's food, of course. And, you know, in the U.S., of course, we're very familiar with what we have, pizza and pasta, right? Those are two, like, staples that we, when we think of Italy, that's what we, what we get. Uh, what are some of uh, other, you know, other Italian uh, foods or, or dishes that you would uh, say that are popular there? That's a great question. I love food. <laughs> food is my friend. Um, so absolutely, I, I, I do love the traditional Italian pizza, the real Italian pizza. I get that all the time. I do like the pasta, the, the ravioli, everything homemade. But I think that there are so many different options that one might not think of trying. There are certain restaurants that have certain seafood dishes for example there's um 
fried calamari. There is roasted, um, what is it called? Octopus, baby octopus, which is really good roasted or grilled. Wherever you go, you want to make sure that it's not a touristy restaurant that's serving these dishes. It's a real Italian family or an Italian chef. It's an Italian business because there are a lot of restaurants that attract tourists and their food really sucks. But when it's authentic Italian, it's going to be good. So definitely have the pastas and the pizzas, but also try the seafood and other creative options that they have. Okay. And what would you say your, uh, what are your top like two or three dishes when you can think of, let's just say that, you know, you've been there so many times. What would you say that it's something that you wish you could have right now, let's just say? Oh, oh, so good. Okay. Um, well, first thing I would honestly have to say pasta, but pasta I love with the prosciutto on top. Wow. That's, that's one of my favorites. The second thing I would say is pork. Some of them have this delicious roasted pork. Whew, so good. And ice cream. <laughs> I don't know if we could count that as a real yeah. meal. But, but at one time, it was so funny. Um, we were we were staying at our friend's villa in Italy. And we were roaming around the city. I had ice cream at two different ice cream shops. And then when we got home, I, I was really young. I, I snuck in the back and I ate literally six ice cream cones. With all that information from Italy, I know there's a lot. And I, I would love to know about your recommendation, your personal recommendations and if you can send me a list of them i'll put them on my patreon account where people can access it and if they have any questions you know they can uh, comment and reach out to you uh, that'll be fantastic absolutely yeah i'd be happy to do that perfect all right well let's jump into another country that should be on your bucket list and i'm sure not a lot of people have heard about it um it's armenia and armenia might not sound very familiar to a lot of people and to just give it an, a little bit of idea where Armenia is, it's actually a landlocked country in Western Asia. So if you think of a place, uh, you know, it actually borders Turkey, Georgia, Azerbaijan, and Iran. So it's a place, like I said, it's a landlocked country, meaning that it does not have an access to any sea or ocean. Um, and it's a very interesting place. I've never been there before, but I know you've been there multiple times as well. Um, can we talk about that and why people should actually, instead of going to you know your typical places uh, like France, for example, Germany or Australia, for example, people should think about Armenia. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a little bit biased because I am Armenian, um, but I have been to Armenia a couple of times. The first time that I went, it was on a study abroad internship. I worked at a winery and lived with the host family and it was one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life. It was one of my favorite travel experiences and I really didn't want to come back. I was so in love with it. As an Armenian, personally, as soon as I got there in the airport, you already feel like, wow, this is my home. It feels so incredible. Everyone there is so welcoming. And even to non-Armenians, Armenians are so welcoming to other countries. And we do get tourists in Armenia, uh, not as much as other countries, but there are still a lot of people that visit Armenia and they are blown away by people's hospitality. and. Armenia, it's so, so beautiful. There's so much nature. There's so... Yeah, let's talk about the location and then, uh, you know, things that you can actually do there. Because I 
like I said, I've never been there before, and I'm sure the only thing you can do right now is just to Google it and see the pictures. But <laughs> since I'm talking with you, and you've been there multiple yeah. times. You get a little bit of better of experience, and you've been there. Can you can you share with us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So what's so great about Armenia is that there's so much to do, especially in the city center. There's so many places to visit, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But in the city center in Yerevan, that's the capital, there is so much to do. The life doesn't stop <laughs> at night. It's really safe even as a, as a young woman walking alone uh, in the evenings. You still feel safe. You have to be cautious as, as everywhere, but you feel more or less safe. There are people around. And in Yerevan, in the city circle, there's this beautiful fountain. And I believe once a week it lights up and they put this beautiful music and there are hundreds of people that gather. It's, it's really nice. And there's so many restaurants to eat. There are so many places with delicious food, which food, food is great. And you know what? It's, it's cheap. When I went to Armenia, I could spend $10 on a whole feast of food that would otherwise cost 60 bucks here. So it was really unbelievable how little you could spend when you're there. The, the most expensive things are the flights and the accommodation. So everything after that, it's really affordable. So you could stay for a longer time than, you know, if, if you, if you're in another country. And what, what do you do exactly in the city center? How, how you said it's, it's obviously it's really, you know, popular. A lot of people are there, but what do you do there? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's so many beautiful things to see when you walk around. There are a lot of museums. There are so many beautiful museums that have so much history. Some are filled with art. Some are filled with manuscripts and things that are, so old and breathtaking aside from museums there's obviously you can get out of the city you can get out of the city you could take a um you could take a bus mainly you could get a driver that's probably the best thing if you want to do if you want to explore outside of the city there are so many places that are full of greenery there's this one place Dili John that I went with a group. We went hiking and it was incredible. When we went up, there was a monastery, an, an abandoned monastery, and there were cows up 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 in this mountain. It was really beautiful. And there's also another incredible place that we took a, a group tour um to which was actually really affordable. I don't remember the details right now, but it was it was it was pretty cheap for a multiple day weekend, and uh, it was so nice. We went to this beautiful place. It's called Jermuk. There's a waterfall, and there's this rock on there. I could have lived there on this rock. I mean, it's so peaceful. It's so breathtaking. And when you're there, you truly get to relax because you're surrounded by nature and good people <laughs> and good food. So it's it's really wonderful. There's so much to see when you get out there and people are friendly. A lot of non-Armenians who have visited have told me, Athena, wow, the people are so nice here. If I need something, oh, they're quick to help me or they're quick to give me directions or they're quick to give me feedback or suggestions. So it, there's, there's so much to do once you're there there are a lot of tours and these tours take you to other places in, in Armenia that 
you otherwise wouldn't get to go, I really don't suggest you rent a car there. You should either take a taxi or get a driver or go on a tour because Armenia is so full of mountains. There's really not much to say. When you get outside of the capital city of Yerevan, there's not much to see. You need to go a lot further out with a car to be able to to see it. So they have a lot of amazing tours and that that's one of the best things that I've, I've spent my money on, on tours. And it's been so wonderful. Right. And then when you said uh, get a driver, that is not something really familiar, not really popular, of course, in the US. That's something more familiar. Sure. Like I, I did that. I remember all, like in, in Nepal a long time ago. But I know that this is something that you can do and you pretty much, you know, you, you get a driver, right? Someone who can show you around for half a day or a whole day. Is that how it works pretty much? Yeah, absolutely. So it's very unfamiliar in the US, especially since it would be too expensive and you would have to cross state lines to be able to see certain different things. So it wouldn't even make any sense because um, we fly out, out here uh, a lot. Um, but the way it works is you could get a driver, they could accompany you for even a whole weekend so wow. we've done we've done yeah it's really incredible so the first time uh that i did this it was with a group of my friends it was a driver and a tour guide who spoke english because there were a couple people in my group who didn't know armenian so they took us to multiple different places in armenia they took us to a few different monasteries noravan korvirap uh, we went to Tatev, where there's the world's longest uh, cableway, um, and it, we stayed somewhere around there overnight. It was in the middle of the mountains. It was really incredible, and they stayed with us. So we had to they they had their own cabin, um, but we had to pay for for them as well, which was, really wasn't a problem. And they spent this whole trip with us, and they were so fun to be around. So we didn't even mind that they were extra people with us so that was one example another example um is when my friends and i we decided to take uh to hire a driver and we went to georgia and georgia's a really country. beautiful country georgia. yes yeah the country of georgia yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a few hours away it's a beautiful drive and the driver stayed somewhere else we paid for his accommodations and my friends and i we stayed at a hostel it was so much fun we stayed at the fabrica hostel there was so much nightlife the hostel itself was so different and fun and big and clean that's the biggest thing there yeah. was air conditioning which actually air conditioning is something that you don't find everywhere in armenia uh so that that, that is something to to be aware of obviously in the restaurants and things like that there is air conditioning but if you do rent a home a lot of homes might not come with air conditioning. So be prepared for the heat. <laughs> be prepared for the heat and be prepared for the cold. Um, but there there's so many different options and the drivers, they understand that you want to go see different places. And so that, that that's what we did. We were staying somewhere else. Our driver was staying somewhere else and we were there for the weekend. And when we were ready to go back, our driver picked us up and we, we went back to, uh, to Armenia. And on the way we stopped by to get a watermelon. <laughs> there were some amazing watermelons on the road and my host brother, he loves watermelons. So I stopped by, I grabbed a watermelon from him for 
for him. And then we, we went a little bit further towards Armenia. We stopped by. We had this delicious grilled corn on the side of the road. That was so much fun. And it was such a good experience. It, it's it's so incredible. So, so since we're talking about food right now, things are obviously a little bit different than in Italy or in the U.S., if you could share with us how exactly Armenian food is like, especially for those that, let's just say, they've never heard of Armenia before, what would you say the Armenian food is? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. So in the U.S., when we think of Armenian food, we really go for the uh, kebabs, especially Persian Armenians. They're very well known for their kebabs, whether it's beef, chicken, pork, uh, kebabs and rice and salads, which are really delicious. Um, but in Armenia... I, I leaned more towards the, the foods that were coming. For example, there's uh, Ishan. Ishan is a really delicious type of fish that's uh, in the Sevan Lake in, in Armenia. There's this enormous lake. It's so big, it looks like an ocean. <laughs> and they have a restaurant right by there and they have this incredible fish. And then you could get that with potatoes and you could get a little side of vodka and you just have a good time. <laughs> homemade vodka, homemade vodka, which is so strong. It's pretty hard to drink. Um, but there are so many different uh, variations. I really like the fish. I really like the lavash. So there's this restaurant, actually, yeah. it's called lavash. It's one of my favorite restaurants. I don't know. Maybe, maybe clearly you're nodding your head. So you know what I'm talking about. Lavash, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's the staple of Armenian bread. It's very thin bread. It's really delicious. And a lot of people make it differently, but it's absolutely delicious. And there's restaurants called Lavash. And aside from the meals that you could order, you could also get a side of Lavash. Uh, during certain business hours, They there are actually these really adorable old ladies who are making the lavash right in front of you and and it's so nice because you could request for lavash on the side and it's fresh it's right in front of you it's made in front of you and and you have a good time so it's kind of entertaining on the side too and the food is good there too so lavash shirep there's this restaurant dolmama it's visited it's expensive for armenia it's very expensive for armenia but it's definitely somewhere to visit at least once and a lot of celebrities and politicians they've they've visited this place so like there's kim uh kardashian who went there's charles Aznavour who went and like a bunch of other other people so it's definitely a staple there are so many good good things to get there but i think anything you choose would be really good that that that's the number one thing I have to say. Anything you choose would be good because it's full of flavor. Gotcha. Well, I love yeah. how we're all learning. I'm learning right now about, all about, <laughs> about food, about different culture, because this is exactly the the fun part of traveling. You know, people yeah. usually go to to places like Italy, France, and we're kind of familiar exactly with the culture, what it is. But speaking with you and and talking about how Armenia is, is something that not a lot of people know about. It's really fascinating, and I think people should really. Um, like I always say that, but it's really true. People should go outside of their comfort zone and try yeah. something new. Go somewhere Absolutely. where they've never been before. Experience that culture because this is going to be, it might be, I hope it will be, you know, the trip of your lifetime. It's some, something yeah. you've never been before, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know you've traveled a lot in your life and you know it's such a rejuvenating experience to, to travel and see other cultures and experience them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, okay, so one of the last questions that I have is, 
we talk about the culture, we talk about you know the food, um, about the places to visit. But let's just say that someone, after listening to this podcast, let's just say they're like, sure. Matt, wow, this is such a great idea. I love Armenia right now. You know, I want to go to Armenia. <laughs> sure. uh, how, how do I book a ticket or how do I get there? Would you happen to know? Let's just say we have listeners yes. right now from, from the U.S. How they can get to Armenia? Exactly. So to get to Armenia, it's a very long flight and there's no one direct flight. There are a lot of flights that you have to have a layover. Uh, for example, my last flight, I had a, a layover in Dubai and then Dubai to Armenia. And the layover that I had was overnight. It made the ticket cheaper, but it also gave me an excuse to see Dubai, which was exactly, also beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, Dubai was really beautiful. Um, but it was uh, LAX to uh, um, Dubai. I don't remember the airport uh, name, but and then Dubai to EVN. EVN is Armenia's airport. So it was really nice. I believe it was 16 hours total flight time. So it was far, but definitely well worth it. Uh, if you book in advance, as with almost anything else, you could get cheaper tickets. We traveled in the summer to a couple of years ago. I, I bought my tickets in March. And they were they were the most expensive part of the trip. It was $1,275 a ticket versus I had relatives who bought in December and they bought it for $600 bucks for a ticket. So it was half the price if I had bought it a lot sooner. But I wanted to wait a little bit because I wasn't sure what dates that I was going to go out. But there, if you do your research, if you just put it, your airport to EVN or Ar Armenia, um, and you'll 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 find different flights with different layovers. I personally don't like super long layovers. So if it's somewhere that you know you're not going to get out of the airport, then you should look for a shorter layover. But there are a lot of flights. Right. So so that's another thing that you can save a lot of money. Obviously, when you're going to be looking at different dates or different months. Uh, that's another thing. That's just one, yeah. one, one last question that I have about Armenia. It's uh, it's weather. It's the climate, right? Because. Uh, how is it uh, going to Armenia during, let's just say, summertime versus going during wintertime? Yeah, that's a great question. I've only been in the summer and I could tell you it is hot, especially for the places that are indoors and they don't have the AC. It does become a little bit difficult, but you could always go to a coffee shop uh, if, if you're seeking refuge in the middle of the day and get a nice ice drink and, and have, have a good time there. Um, but it's still doable overall, even though it's really hot in the summers. In the winter, I personally haven't been, but it does snow. It does get very cold, but apparently... New Year's Eve there is incredible. So from what I've heard from my host family, New Year's Eve, there are families who go to families' houses. No one's telling you that, hey, I'm coming to your house at this yeah. time or, hey, I'm going to be there at this time. And in the, in the U.S., we're so used to appointments. But over there, it's kind of every single family has to prepare food for for a lot of people and then they they wait for people to come to their house they go to different people's house so it's house hopping kind of and it's a really good time <laughs> from what i've heard perfect okay last last question because i feel like i have more and more questions we can talk yeah. about <laughs> go ahead because i know some some people is gonna be like matt why didn't you ask that well what about language uh that's another yeah. thing what about what about english um when it comes to the main city or the outskirts 
Yeah, that that's a really important question. So English isn't spoken by everybody. In the main city, it becomes a lot easier to speak English because there's so many young people and that's not a problem. But if you're trying to buy fruit on the street and oh my gosh, the fruit is amazing, especially their apricots. They're known for their apricots. Um, and when you when you barter with with these uh, street vendors, it becomes a lot harder if they do not understand English and most of them are older and they do not speak the language. So you kind of have to find someone on the street, someone young that could help you and they they're they're able to help you. Um, but overall, you could pretty much count on the young people knowing English and the older people not speaking the language. Though there are some older people that that learn and understand very little. When you get to the outskirts, it's it's a lot harder to find people who do speak English. So it would be advised to, if you're going with a tour guide, find a tour guide who obviously could speak to you in English and then they, they could help you, especially if you're going to be staying with them and things like that. that that's going to be a big, big saver because if no one speaks the language, it becomes really hard to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, a lot, a lot of information about Armenia, Italy. I hope, you know, at least I learned a lot about it. So I'm really, really <laughs> glad. Hopefully everybody else was able to learn a little bit more about that too. Um, you know, would you say, would you, would you happen to have any advice on people traveling right now? Actually, I know it's a little bit difficult during coronavirus, but uh, would you happen to say, you know, how, when someone wants to book a flight to Italy or Armenia, would you have any advice for them? That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure just because I'm a little bit afraid to travel right now. I'm a little bit apprehensive. I hope things get a little bit safer so it would be possible in the summer. But personally, I'm not going to buy a ticket until last minute, which may or may not be a good choice uh, monetarily. As we all know, flights are more expensive last minute in general. Uh, I don't know with this whole COVID situation, maybe there are better prices, especially if people buy right now. But I personally won't be traveling until I feel a little bit more comfortable. Gotcha. All right, Athena, thank you so much for joining me this week. I know we're going to catch next week. We're going to be talking all about your, uh, your passions and your business, exactly how you were able to be a founder and CEO of your own company at the age of 24. So it's going to be a really, really exciting episode. So make sure you, you subscribe, stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me, Athena. Of course. Thank you so much, man. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, let your friends, let your family know, and also support me on Patreon. So for those who aren't familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on a one-on-one basis, a place where you can support my work and get exclusive content that I'll be sharing with you. This is where I'll be sharing my knowledge about travel, finance, by sharing posts, links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the next one.